0: And welcome. I'm your host Beth Turner, and with me today is Jennifer Brody. She, I feel, carries quite a few elixirs for us in these times. Jennifer has her PhD. She is a writer, an author, a coach, and a teacher. And she joins us right now from her place in Halifax, in Nova Scotia. Hello. Thank you so much for being with us today. I was going to say this morning, but it is the morning, but. Anytime people might be listening, it would probably be otherwise. So thank you.
1: Thank you. Yes, it's it's morning for me. So good morning. (laughs) And um, I'm actually on a little island. I'm not in Halifax. I'm I'm,
0: uh, on the coast of Nova Scotia. Oh, lovely. And what's your view? Just tell me your view. Can you share your view?
1: Yeah, I'm looking out at a beautiful bay with um, the sun glittering on it and a
0: whole bunch of ducks out there there any snow still lingering anyplace?
1: But no daffodils either. It's still very early spring.
0: Oh, in talking just about seasons and uh, the times that we're you know in right now, I did you know we wanted to talk um, a little bit about this time and ways to be fully human even in a time of crisis. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because I know you've done some writing on it and some reflecting, and you're also part of a It's really pretty much a global conversation.
1: Yeah, um, I'm part of the Now What Collective. And um, this is a a global online conversation that has been happening for a few years now. And I've been part of it, I guess, for at least a year. Um, We're in the middle of the conversation right now. It's a six-week period, and everybody is invited to join. Just go to um, nowwhat.com. And uh, the, the theme of this conversation is the art of being fully human in a time of crisis. And that theme was decided on long before our current crisis hit. But, um, you know, there's a way in which we've, we've known that we've been in uh, a time of crisis for a while. It's just suddenly intensified by this pandemic, which has made us realize how fragile our, our systems are and um, how much more careful we need to be of how we inhabit this fragile planet.
0: And all of the the systems that are just probably getting, you know, the the weak links, um, where are they and what are part, what make up the discussion of now what, just beyond, you know, COVID?
1: Um, Well, we, now what is um, open to everyone. And, um so whatever is on people's minds is is what we talk about, but um I think we're, we're all aware of the fragility of the environmental systems that are that are holding us up, um, and that we don't you know we have taken for granted things like clean air and clean water and clean earth, and um, we can't take that for granted anymore as the human population swells and the earth seems to shrink. And um, so being aware of how we're uh, polluting our own nest, so to speak, um, is, is definitely part of that conversation. And so it's economic, it's um, it's environmental, it's social, and it's it's an awareness of how all of those systems interlink and how we, um, to use Thich Nhat Hanh's phrase, how we inter-are with
0: our environment. And just part of inter R, you know, as you had, um, as you were saying that the fully human is um, being integrated mm-hmm. to there's a, in some of just the reading and reflecting on things that you've wrote or written or been part of now, what one question was, um, you know, leading from the heart, not always the mind. So just elaborate a little mm-hmm. bit on that.
1: Yeah. Um, well, this is an old idea that we have we have the brain and then we have the heart center. And the brain is the center of our intellect and sort of where a lot of our technological ability comes from and the heart is the is our emotional intelligence. And um you know we we know we say colloquially when something feels right, we know it or if it feels wrong, we know that too but we have often been socialized and educated to not pay attention to our heart center and how we feel and to just honor the, the mind above all. And when, when you know, there's a, a disconnect between the mind and the heart, then we get um, innovation that isn't grounded in emotional intelligence. And, you know, it's, it, may, it may be a miraculous, incredible, technological achievement, but um, if it doesn't enhance life in the full sense, um, the Gaian sense of our full life system, then uh, we really should be thinking twice and thrice about whether we want to bring that technology to bear on this planet. So um, the art of being more fully human to me is um, embracing our awareness of how we we are an integral part of the planet, and um, we can see now in this time that uh, you know we can't we can't survive by ourselves. We can't. We're, no man is an island, right? We need all our systems to be healthy. We need we need everything on this planet to be healthy in order to be healthy ourselves.
0: It sounds like that will be, you know, part of the conversation, the global conversation, and beyond the individual, you know, you like you said, and also, you know, I just have to add, you know, somatic work, body work, right? You know, just aware you know, of what's going on in our bodies. You know, we we can become so detached that way too. But there's something, um, you know, I do um, hear quite a bit about more voices coming out about. Um, probably anticipating quite a bit of activism following, um, you know, gaining some strength and probably rolling out um, as COVID evolves and starts to, you know, retreat. And I'm just wondering about your take on activism after this kind of subsides. Um, Not all, you know, that I'm hearing is necessarily healing or redeeming. So is there or is there a way to have a healthy voice of activism? Um,
1: well, my my sense about that is um, maybe not surprisingly, because I'm a memoirist, I really think it's important to do your inner work before you s- try to um, step out and have effective ha- an effective impact on the world. So um, actually, I, I, I have done a lot of um, purposeful memoir for activists. Um, I think that we need to understand in a deep way where we've come from, how we got to this place um, on a personal, political, and planetary level um, so that we can fully understand where we are now and so that we can stand firmly in this present moment and envision the kind of positive future that we want to live into and co-create. So I, you know, I, I think it's very easy to sort of grab a sign and go run out and protest. The harder work is to really take a deep look at your own, um, complicity, frankly, you know, we've all been a part of bringing us to where we are now. We've all played a role and to kind of recognize that and make peace with it and, um, realize, what we want to bring with us into the future you know what has been a value in our in our past experience and in our family history and cultural history um, and what we really need to let go of now in order for all of us to thrive
0: because don't you think people can absolutely pick up on um, you know an overriding sense of anger or bitterness are you and anger is a very empowering emotion you know it gets a lot done uh, but it's would it also be just helpful to work through some of those things like you said before you know before I would go get a sign and um or try to try to gather steam because then you're as activism you're going to be gathering like like minds and if you want to be effective you may want to um so like sort through the emotions then too
1: yeah I I think so um Anger, anger attracts more anger and opposition attracts more opposition. And really, we want to establish a a dialogue and a conversation with people who don't agree with us uh, because we all have to move forward together to be most effective. And I think one of the things that we're realizing now and part of the urgency of the now what conversation is that maybe we don't have a whole lot of time to make the kinds of transformative changes we need to make. So, um, you know, we need to be having these conversations, but in order for them to be productive, we need to take the time to do our own inner work first. And I just wanna say in the context of the um, TLA that I really believe in arts activism and arts activism is one place where you can do both. You can kind of work through your own stuff creatively um, and also offer it to the world in an activist. Um, transformative way
0: and just like a quick example maybe something that you've done or somebody you've worked with that was a really powerful example oh there are
1: there are many there are many many Um, i one of my my current um book projects is is called world rights which is um a play on the the word playwright Uh, world rights for me are people who have used writing to write the world which is um, the title of a course I've taught for a long time at the college level. And um, so world rights that I admire, one that leaps to mind is um, Eve Ensler. Eve Ensler has made a huge difference in the world, starting with the Vagina Monologues and moving on through One Billion Rising. And she, she has um, used dance and um, theater and writing, to address some of the the really deep social problems of our time, and she's brought you know literally I would think millions of people, especially women, along with her. So she's she's a shining example.
0: Then going back to you know just you know circling back to um, you know cards and um, signs and activism in a in a big public mm-hmm. setting. If there was if someone was out there and they had a sign. And what would it say that would attract you right now? Like what verbiage would be on the sign? And you would say, yeah, you know, I would want to be a part of that. Or if you had to, create one, that's easier uh, Either create your own or one. You get sick. <laughs>
1: um, well, I, 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 have a sign that I've, I've carried to a few rallies and um, it says, you know, there is no planet B and um, I do. I, I believe that this is, this is our planet, the whole, you know, the, the techie dream of taking off to Mars, I think is a total waste of time and and intelligence. And, um, you know, we have this beautiful planet, and we need to live on her in a beautiful way.
0: So there is no planet Mm.
1: to be. yes (laughs) yes
0: <laughs> and if there was one that was out there that you would join is there anything you know something similar like you know we do six word stories and to encapsulate things is there one that you've been drawn to that you can think of
1: you mean a, an activist group or
0: yeah or a message an underlying message or or you know a sign that drew you in
1: i don't know that's i i nothing's coming to mind i um actually find, uh, you know, things like a six, six words hard. I write longer. I tend to write essays. Um, And also I tend to really prefer questions rather than declarations. Um, So my current essay series, that's one of the engagement streams on uh, now what is called 21 questions for 2020. And in each so for for 21 weeks, I kind of made the commitment that each week I would pose a question, and then think about my response. And I, I wouldn't—I wouldn't call it an answer, but just my reflections in response to this question, and invite other people to also respond um, and and hopefully generate some conversation. So that has been working really well, and it's—it's um, it's been interesting to me to see how in the beginning I started this right at the new year. And my questions were kind of big and general and airy, and they have gotten more and more specific and focused as we've moved into the pandemic weeks. Um, so, yeah, in general, I would I, I I prefer to raise questions and get people thinking rather than kind of shout declarations at them.
0: So it sounds instead of just a, it's more like an atmosphere and a climate, and that's really important. And the culture that I sense from you is one of curiosity, of one of invitation, of one of like, there's a the seat at the table for you. Let's, let's talk. Let me hear your questions. And um, you know, uh, like you said, it's an invitation for more, not a declaration and and a stopping point.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes.
0: So I just want to mention that. Um, First of all, to thank Jennifer for being here right now. And I want to mention that you will absolutely be able to hear more from Jennifer on a couple of other topics. One is on the work that reconnects us. And the other one is on how the past can nourish the now. It is the beauty of purposeful memoir. So those other two topics also um, right in the space, there will be ways that will you will be able to connect and also contact Jennifer Um, in the future and especially to follow up on anything that she has said right now. And just want to leave you a couple of, a couple of moments, Jennifer, if there was anything else you wanted to add before we, before we said goodbye.
1: Well, I just want to encourage people to um, engage in productive conversations. Um, You know, have the opportunity that we have now when so many of us are on pause and um, you know, we have, we have a little more time on our hands. What are we going to do with that time? Many things, but among them, um, reach out and try to connect with people all across the world who are also on pause. I think in some ways this pandemic has the potential to be a great connector if we use it that way, even though we're in isolation, paradoxically, even though we're in isolation in our homes, right? We can reach out and connect with others all across the world and share our experience and learn from each other and hopefully emerge from this time stronger as a as a global community and uh, more determined than ever to create together a future that we can thrive in
0: and that's a great way of summarizing that part about being interconnected and reaching out and do connect during this time especially it's it is the art of being fully human in a time of Mm crisis. so thank you Jennifer for your time
1: my pleasure